podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Under Pressure. Another draw, more points dropped. We've without Dan, we're without the in-depth press and analysis as well. Gags is also away, sunning it somewhere probably. But um, we do have the two experts on with us, the two days, the two sports scientists. Uh, Phil, you're not too well, but you, you apparently the last hour you've been good. So how are you, sir? Oh, not bad, sir. Not bad. Yeah, obviously a disappointing result, but you know, uh, lots to talk about today. I think should be good. You'll uh, pass the test on your swimming world, slimming world tomorrow, won't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and and Sai, how are you, mate? I'm good. I just ate some brownies, so I'm not going to pass the uh, the slimming world test. Oh, too well, because you run about 12 miles every morning. <laughs> I'm at 15.6k today. Yeah. <laughs> you can allow as many brownies as you want. Um, yeah. Anyway, on to the... Uh, important stuff we'll um we'll come to you first Sai, because everyone's losing the shit about the injuries and possibly understandably slow so because we've had a few and a few more so coming into this game what's the what's the basic summary of our injury status at the moment we it's a bit of a shit show um i i don't i don't know how to qualify what where we're at currently and and why it's happening because it doesn't it makes very little sense to me at all so i'm currently until we get more information i'm going with we're having a very unlucky period the more conversations i have today the more i'm starting to believe that we've got a bunch of lads who aren't actually quite injured but are getting flagged to not they're not fit enough to play to start um from the new system that we're using to monitor and um cover like give give insight into into injuries um given the two lads that couldn't start that came on and were terrific when they did come on um because i mean uh gomez and and hendo you don't you don't have there is no muscle in the world that says you can't play you can only play 30 minutes flat out uh, ish, but you can't play ninety five because that's too much of a risk when there's no injury. So it's ten men as well. So you yeah. not. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it's all it's all a bit weird. Um, like so, whenever you've heard me in the past talk about um, like minutes in relation to coming back from injury, that's about acute acute chronic workload. That's not um, your muscle might tear if if you do sixty and and it won't if you do fifty five. Because that's just not, it's impossible to predict that. And it's, I don't actually see the correlation. 
But we're, uh, as everyone's probably heard by now, we're, we're working with a new uh, injury prediction uh, AI. Uh, it started in the middle of last season. And I wonder if if the algorithm is, is running slightly hot or within Liverpool's dashboard. So they have all of the different information like they, they will have they have a proprietary um, uh, software that um, collates and uh, awards um, a ranking to of importance to all the information that comes in. So like a, a player's sleep, uh, w- how their nutrition is currently looking, what their current blood looks like. Um, how much training they have, how much stress they have, how much pain they have, um, how much training they've running they've been doing, all of these factors in, right? And then and then they'll be they'll have a specific score for the day or a running score, running total is that chronic load stuff on top of all of the external stressors. And and the AI has supposedly some insight, and I wonder if that's currently a little bit higher than it should. And then so players are getting flagged when they're not actually injured. Um, just just as a uh, as a downstream consequence of this, and over the course of the next few weeks, it will probably get auto regulated so that the that that as a, an input factor goes down. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So you say yeah. there'll be a little tweak. There'll be a little tweak, and the lads that supposedly are being flagged as big injury risks when we're playing one game a week, um, they perhaps on such big injury risks and it probably shouldn't be flagged. Uh, did you see the interview with Klopp after the game? Yeah. I tend to not watch them, but I watched it back earlier. It was like a 20 minute interview. And, um, and he was like, he was, it looked like, I've never seen him speak this way before. It looked like he was a little bit making fun of the medical team in that right. I was told that I wasn't allowed to use them because they might be injured. But like how many minutes and they were they were like I'm not sure but not 90 maybe 30 and he was like so okay we can put them on now then can we okay then go and then they played great is basically that's, what he said that's interesting isn't it that's, and he's never undermined a, the the uh, the medical staff before that's his mate in charge now as well isn't it the guy yeah. in well yeah 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 do you think he's so the head of medicine now do you know you see he got brought in midway through last season do you think that's also might be a bit of an issue if you're basing a baseline of a mid-season point and we're starting to do it at the beginning of the season? If uh, that makes sense. I think saying that... Uh, so there was a lot of credence awarded to... A lot of credit afforded to um, the, the software company and also to uh, this genius rehab coach that came yeah. in who, is now, who now went straight to the top of the tree. As head of mm-hmm. head of medical, which is kind of weird, but anyway, that's that's not me making a judgment. That's just it's just odd that it happened in a from that an outsider's quick. perspective yeah. that jumps over people in place. But anyway, um, the, there was a lot of credit given to them, even by stuff I'd said, because we had such a great injury record last season, and we managed to get um, it. It looked like a real collaborative uh, collaborative effort with the whole club, mm-hmm. uh, with everybody making proactive decisions. Um, and so they were given credit and maybe that credit was misplaced. It's possible or maybe there well, is right. other stuff at play. That's all. Yeah. Interesting. You meant you posted a stat about games missed in the first opening couple of games of the season. 
earlier on Twitter, so I just want to give us a bit of context for how bad it's been. Yeah, so I, I, I can even go back further than the ones that I posted on Twitter. So in um, uh, basically going back to Klopp's, let's go Klopp's first full season, which was re- which is a little bit harsh um, because this is he had half a pre half a season before that and and basically set fire to everybody's hamstrings in ja- in January, um, and so the beginning of the next season we started with the first three three game week uh, three game weeks which had actually had four games by that stage, and one of them was uh, the European Super Cup I think. Um, that uh, we had had 14 play- games missed. So when I say a game missed, that means a player. So if two, if there are two games and there are 10 players injured that, that between them miss those two games, that's 20 games missed. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't make sense to a couple of people on Twitter underneath your thing. I didn't notice yeah. that. that's that's how it works to clarify that yeah yeah Yeah. otherwise otherwise every team in the league has 38 games missed over the course of the season (laughs) yeah um so anyway that the um 16 17 we had 14 um 17 18 in the first uh four games we had the first three three weeks we had uh, 11 games missed and then we have six in 1819, seven in 1920, and 12 in 2021. Um, four last season, which is phenomenal. It was phenomenal. It was the beginning of the great season of, of uh, planning, recovery, all that proactive stuff. But maybe there was a little bit of luck. There's definitely a little bit of luck. There's always a little bit of luck with injuries. For sure. um, but this season, we're at 26. So double the previous worst. Ostensibly, that's the previous four seasons combined. But that's with the new system, though, isn't it? That's with the new system. Yeah. So you don't know how many lads have missed games from, and that's that's the the, two of this previous seasons had COVID in, so we we don't have any of this season. So so yeah, you wonder how many are actually injured. and, well, and Gomez looked fine. To, well, I know it's outside looking in, but he looked fine to me coming on. I don't know about you, but yeah, Rolls Royce plan. He really yeah. did. So we've got seven soft tissue injuries that have occurred since preseason or during preseason. So we've got like uh, the Ramsey kid who was already injured. Um, yeah. Ginger Kev was injured before preseason um, on international break, whatever. So we've got lads that are coming in that are already injured, but then we've got seven soft tissue injuries that happened during this um plus theoretically um henderson and um jomez uh bobby just suddenly popped up so we currently have 10 injuries going on three um, start, three of which uh cade um ginger kev and uh and ramsey started the season and then uh ox got done in pre-season really early didn't he uh, yeah and that that was the major injury, and then with the the others we picked up one by one. So we've had thirteen players injured so far this season. I was thirteen different players have missed games. I was still in preseason technically. Do you think in terms of the the training that they're doing? No, I don't. I, I if I was programming, no, okay. not at all. I don't actually think it's it's a particularly harsh preseason. I think this is a stand, a fairly standard preseason. But I've never been 
around a preseason in which we had to travel halfway around the world to to play two token games 2000 miles away from each other either so i wonder how much that has to play um there there is there seems to be conversation around uh, the short turnaround between the end of the season and the beginning of the new season so uh, the new preseason so that was three and a half weeks to four and a half weeks depending on which lads went to internationals and that kind of stuff that's fairly standard these days four days off yeah mo yeah. had mo had a week off in three years Sorry, how many are hamstring injuries? Just as another, just a side note, is it three, four? We're currently at four hamstring injuries. But Costas was back yesterday. Is that a hamstring yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, that was hamstring too. So that's the only one I, mean, I was thinking about. You got what? Say four out of this for me, ignoring Hendo and, and Gomez. You got eight, yeah, and you got four yeah. out of those who got hamstring injuries. So you've got you've got a serious one in Jota, who you could potentially. Uh, relate to um, the uh, like an over the training the, load. yeah yeah uh, well yeah. from last season because he beat his his um, high his uh, career max yep last season so you can see why potentially that is a an overuse thing that's a fatigue yep. thing Ox didn't no but then maybe he was underused so he's under conditioned and they went massively hard on him in preseason training I don't know I'm just I'm just supposing. That's- that is very possible. Then, then there's Thiago, who does his. That's and a match, this, isn't it? This is the sixth hamstring injury of his career. He's not a quick guy. Quick guys are usually well. He is actually quite quick. That's not that's not true. Five meters, he's quick, but he's not one of those fast twitch guys, which are the ones it's, that usually tend to do their hammies. Be interesting if it was reoccurring on the same leg, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you try again? No. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I think this is uh, his third hamstring injury with us, and it's his. It's he's had two on one leg, one on the other, but this is a different muscle than the the previous one on the left leg. Okay, uh, I, I suppose that's something. I don't know whether it's anything good, but it's something. Yeah, not recurring, but it's yeah, it's either way. Yeah. And Nabi Nabi was just ill, was he? Nabi was just ill. Yeah, literally puking ill. And didn't even get. I mean, it's yesterday, did we? No. So maybe, maybe like, I, I don't think people. This is me rambling on now for ten minutes about. No, no, no it's, it's interesting. Like, it's crucial as well, people. Crucial, mate. I, I think. I think it's really. It's tough for people to comprehend the high, the necessary hydration levels of an of an elite footballer. Yep. It's. I, I think. If you can put yourself in the position now where I say you need to drink three and a half liters of water a day, and then it's this hot, and you have to sleep at night in this, and still, and then maintain the same level of hydration. So we're talking five liters of water a day now, yeah. like, uh, it, it, and and then go and puke yourself up for three days. I, I think it it will, might take you a week to re, to to get back to homeostasis. Yeah, and they're measuring that, aren't they, every morning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what what homeostasis, sorry? Oh, well, just where your body's working normally. Yeah, optimally is probably better than normal. It's it's, yeah. it's where Liverpool players they get they get everything measured their their uh, blood, saliva, all this lipid stuff. So so, and then the surveys as well, where they ask the players the questions, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, absolutely fascinating stuff as always, and I'm no, you're not going to get any better insight into injuries than that. Um, Phil, 
we'll come to you for the lineups and the perceived pre-match tactics. What did you make of ours? Um, and theirs. I mean, theirs. It's oh, sort of. I thought in some ways refreshing. They just basically said, "Yes, we are going to play five at the back," rather than try and pretend they weren't going to. So they just lined up with five at the back, with four in front, and Zaha up as a as an alone with um, the young lad joining when he could on on the break um, and Enzi. So um, that's how they were going to do. They were going to sit in. They were going to do the almost. We had a conversation last season about Palace coming to us and wanting to play Vieira's style. I mean, I think, Rosie, you were like, well, you've got to adapt, otherwise you'll get beat in the big games. And I was like, yeah, but you've got to stick to your principles. And this is interesting that Vieira went with yourself and went, actually, no, we need to avoid getting beat. And the best way I'm going to do that is I'm going to go and line up in this manner, a bit Hodgson-like. They were sort of very 10 metres, boxed apart, trying to close down the lanes around them and try and hit on the counter, as Vieira said post-match with any opportunities they had and Zaha a cleverly is not a word I would use but he would because it's fairly obvious who he went and stood by um, he went and stood next to Phillips and and tried to outrun him when he had a chance so for us um, the new evolution of the system which I'm sure we'll come on to because I know we've discussed it in the chat a few bit of effectively 4-3-3 but with the right doing something different this year an actual nine and Nunes down the middle uh, Diaz and Mo in, in the usual and, and I think the the key roles as we've discussed and I've discussed being in last season was the roles in midfield and I thought Milner was would had the left side eight so presumably normally that would mean he'd have the sort of connector but as we know from watching the game he, he didn't really play that role and uh, Harvey had the the high wide the right eight role which was the link into play and, and make progressive running and in and outs with Mo and Trent um, and then you, because as we've discussed, Gomez was flagged in the system. Phillips came in for his first start in what, a year and a bit, I think, since the San Siro. So, yeah, I think I didn't see anything majorly different with our tactics. I don't think our long ball rate was any different to Fulham. Might have been lower. I think it was 11%, was Fulham was 12 Um But Palace certainly came in to sit, soak it up and hit it on the counter, which is exactly what they did. So, um, I don't know what you guys thought. Yes, yeah, si, I just I, I wanted to ask you because you posted a message at half time in the under pressure group, um, the WhatsApp group, about you wasn't quite convinced about Trent coming inside as often as he was doing. Is there any comment? Yeah, because I think I think me and Sol were chatting about the same sort of thing. It's there's there's this thing with because Pep does it. So Pep brings his fullbacks more so this season as well, brings them into midfield, and then he pushes on his eights, so they go up and they join the three up right front. So you have five if you like really pushed on a back four or back three um, and the fullbacks supplying the ball. So the fullbacks for City are not getting high and wide as much. They're almost becoming uh, deep line playmakers and connectors. Um, and it seemingly Trent was doing that on the right. I'm not convinced Robbo was doing it on the left. I didn't think anybody was doing it on the left-hand side, to be fair. Um, so to get Trent more on the ball in like a deep playmaking role, but what you do then is you, for me, Mo is then very wide or pinned wide more, and Harvey is then uh, tasks with making the overlapping or or getting wide and, and allowing Mo to come inside. So it's an evolution. It looks like an evolution in our system. I'm not entirely sure it helps us, but it's only two games in, so we'll, we'll have to do. But it does seem a bit of a fashion at the moment. That top sides are bringing the mid, the the fullbacks into midfield and then pushing on the eights. The problem I think with is that our eights are, are not the same as City's eights. 
you know, they've got KDB and Silva, and to, if he's still there, they are very technically exceptional eights. We've got Harvey, great. I don't think you'd put Milner in the same category as KDB and, um, and no. Silva, you know? Oh, you wouldn't. <laughs> and, and that's not, dis- I'm not, not knocking him. You know, it, you've got to pick the right tools for the right job. And I, I'm not entirely sure that was, that was what was, well, yeah, what should, should, we should be asking someone like Milner and Hendo as well. Hendo's got a, a skill set. We all know that. I don't think it is in those half spaces on the turn, uh, making that, I don't think that's Hendo's best position. So it'd be interesting to see how things progress as the season goes on. But I, I do think, and I, and I hate a bit of deja vu, but the midfield seems a little bit unbalanced for me, like it was at the start of last season when we dropped points. So you, you've always been a big advocate of you want more to to be a bit wider at times. You don't like him in the middle. Um, doesn't doesn't this allow that? Doesn't wasn't he very much wide and on the touchline at times in that first half, particularly? It does. It does. It allows movements that I like, and I like the players involved to have that to be involved in those movements. And I'm absolutely fine with the flexibility in possession of how the right side trio work. I would prefer. It's not Trent's default to come in and rotate inside. So he's the one that gets put through on goal, as you saw to little consequence late on in the game, a little effect late on in the game. He... um, I would prefer if, if like there was a buttress uh, as you get towards the box where he f- he goes on the outside and and down the side to the hot zone rather than through the middle. And I'd much prefer that to be Mo if we're if we're in in solid possession and we can get somebody into the box of those those three. But on the uh, we're we're talking about positions here, and I don't think ever it's about positions. I think it's about timing. Of of shapes yeah. of the of yeah, yeah. the team and how they interact with each other, and I think um, we we talk about the position of the of Pep's. I, I see this a lot in coaches, and and it's it. We go through phases, and I'll refer I'll refer old people back to Italian ninety, where suddenly I was fifteen when Italian ninety happened, and uh, for those people that have no idea what I'm talking about, when Gaza got famous, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Bobby Robson, who was incredibly maligned at the time, despite now going on to be a legend, um, he uh, he was about to be sacked the whole time. England were absolutely shite, and he went to three at the back uh, for the first time in England because it was very famous uh, across Europe, uh, in, in Italy and Germany. And then he went to three at the back and decided to bring Mark Wright in as a sweeper. And he played Paul Parker at right sided centre back for the first time. It was weird and he was a man marker. And anyway, um, so this three at the back thing, it was new. And from them playing in June at the World Cup, every coach in the country of all ages were now playing three at the back. And all kids wanted to be a sweeper. Um, and it was a very weird thing. And, and it's even quicker to occur it's now. Put him. Didn't Evans go that way as well? Uh, a little bit later, but that was yeah. a, that, that was the next evolution of that. But like I say, uh, yeah. that was like six, seven years later that, that Evans went the three at the back. It became a bit more a bit more um, league wide at that point. Lots of different teams had different tactics, and they were all terrible at them in the Premier League. When the Premier League started for ten years, tactically yeah. it was a shit show, and they yeah. just kept throwing different formations at dumb players 
who weren't fit enough to do them and had no tactical understanding of learning where where and how to play those roles until Wenger took over. But anyway, that's that's an aside. My point being, people are copying Pep now. Pep's going. Pep talked about the inverted fullbacks. It's very obvious what he's doing. The pundits are talking about it. So, like coaching courses, all the way down to seven-year-olds at grassroots, they're co- they're they're coaching their teams to high press because that's the most important thing in the world. Every team has thinks they high press and um, play out from the back. Uh, so you've yeah. got to play the ball to a kid that's that can't. Uh, that has no control inside its own box from the goalie. It's the weirdest thing. But then also now they have to play with inverted fullbacks. No one knows what it means. They just position themselves there. So in this regard, people are talking about what happens in possession. Point is that the thing that we were were doing this in possession, but the problem is when in negative transition, which is one of the fundamentals to Pep using his... his, um, Fullbacks there is to is to to shut the door from a negative transition perspective, so people don't break on City, yeah. because they have another they have they have a box at the back. One goes out to press the pass. One's cutting a passing lane, and you got two lads covering whoever's trying to break. And if you go, if we quickly jump to the goal we conceded, that's the that's just not what happened. Because it's not natural to our lads, neither fullback had sit in. Trent was in that in that like channel, but he pushed further and further forward. The left side of eight, who Thiago would usually be sat just just close to um, twenty feet in front of Virgil, ready for the ball to drop out, so he can he can redistribute. He can shut the door and redistribute. We had Milner sprinting at the goalie, so there was yeah. nobody in the middle. The ball dropped over the top of Trent and Fab sprinted out to, to try to lop uh, Easy down. Easy's brilliant. He just went past him. Um, yeah. It wasn't because Fab was terrible. It's just that he's brilliant at be- beating anybody one-on-one. Um, and if you look up, there's a freeze frame at that moment where I'm not exactly, without exaggeration, there was 40 yards right across the middle of the pitch, the whole width of the, pre- of the penalty box, where there's not a Liverpool player and there are there are four Crystal Palace players ready to break. Yeah, in the middle, totally because tactically we hadn't closed the door, and that's fundamental to these tucking in midfield um, um, fullbacks. fullbacks. And Robbo had gone a bit too wide, basically. So Trent had gone too far forward. Robbo had gone too wide, and it's part of the evolution. There are there are errors, there are mistakes because it's not autonomous yet. It's not subconscious that we know where we have to be all the time, and so. I'm not sure Milner should have gone that high, right? Well, if he, the thing is, it's not a position. If if somebody is going there, somebody else has to has to Tuck adapt to be, yeah, yeah. to be elsewhere. So yeah. to cover his role, and it means that Robbo can't go and overlap. No. He has to tuck in the thing that he's supposedly working on right now. Yeah, which he didn't do. You no, know, he absolutely didn't do. He was no. probably 25, 30 yards too wide. Yeah, and even if time. you. And say Trent and Fab were making the box, right? Fab should have maybe pulled out left and Trent, Trent should have dropped deep on the right. Then he would have got well, a box in front of BB and Phillips. Yeah, but Trent got committed too far forward. Yeah, so that's Fab I mean, had yeah, to yeah. come over yeah. and kill the guy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm just, but you're right. It's the timing and the, they're not quite in sync with each other in doing this new thing. 
Yeah. That and, at at the do. same time, that they should have been totally, it's not even that they should have been aware of. We didn't even talk about specifically about the lineups, right? But the lineup had a big, it's not even a red flag. They had, if, if, if I was Patrick Vieira and I saw Liverpool's lineup, I, I'm mean about him. Fair enough, but I am, and I don't care because I I f- fundamentally believe it's true, even though it's a little bit mean. I would have put a poster up on the goddamn changing room wall. Isn't that funny? Everybody knows it. He, yeah. if he is good enough to play in the Premier League, somebody would have offered more than eight million pounds. Would have offered money, yeah. Good job. Nobody has. You can't be blaspheming like like this. But but he is such a weakness in the thing we're doing, right? Yeah. By the time when we had everyone's going to go on with the eleven game the eleven game run of which we had to go through five shit games to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We had to completely adapt the way we play to to counteract having those two centre backs. Klopp's smart enough tactically to be aware of that. This is one game. He wasn't changing how we play. We're building into this new way of playing, which is very yeah. high up the pitch. So. There was no dropping in halfway to cover for the lad that can't run. So we were doing the thing that I referenced during the game. How um, I was, uh, my, my wife said it um, that she was worried about Virgil's arm and him getting a, <laughs> uh, him getting a repetitive strain injury in his right shoulder. Because if you watch the game, just watch Virgil. He's, yeah, he's constantly telling he's constantly like yeah. sw- waving his arm to make make Nat move forward, whether we had the ball or whether we didn't, right? Because they were uh, totally allowing him possession and marking up everybody else. It means they could man mark and leave one guy free who's not going to do anything. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think, but it just it, means Zaha just goes and marks him out of possession. Yeah. They get, he goes and marks him because he can just run off the back of him all day long. And, and Nat knows this and constantly kept dropping off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then that's not where his the fault. first goal comes. No, it's, it's not. not his fault. They only got through once, but it was inevitable. It's the thing they were playing for. It gave them a second. Here is your tunnel to the goal. Yeah. It was, it's, it's like landing lights at an airport. Yeah, it, it made their game plan absolutely crystal clear, didn't it? It was like, right, they don't even have to worry about which centre-half Zaha is going to stand on. It just made it really obvious, right, put it on there. When you win the ball, you put it in that channel. It, their, their game plan was so simple because we made it simple because we had to and play Phillips. Yeah. And, Phillips, um, Nat, Nat and Virgil had the same number of touches. Nat Phillips came off at 62. Yeah. Yeah, and I can um, I think I count up three times. Phillips brings it into Palace's half, and there's ten yard circle around him. No one's near him because they're waiting for him to get the ball away, and he does. Gives it straight away. Gives it away. And you just think that's yeah, it's not his fault. He's been put in that situation, but he uh, for the first however long he was on the pitch, he killed us. Right, let's move on from the tactics. I'm sure we'll come back to him occasionally. Um, let's come on to the match summary. Um, I'm going to break it down a little bit um, because it was a it was a strange old um, timeline. But we had 11 shots to their zero before they scored um, with two big chances. Not sure on Moore's. We'll definitely come on to that. But we ended up with 24 shots to seven, 2.2 non-penalty XG to 1.4, 16 shots in the box to five. 
perhaps crucially four big targets, uh, four shots on target to three. But I think the most important stat here is we conceded four big chances and we only had three. Their shot quality over their seven shots was 0.2. So they had a one in five chance of scoring all theirs and we had a one in 10 chance of scoring ours. That tells you something. Although we did have 45 shots, touches in the box to their 12, it's... What what it demonstrates to me is their, and I know two of their big chances came when we were down to ten men, but their their tactics are absolutely all over their shot profile profile here. To get to have one point four non penalty xG against us is excellent. To have four big chances at Anfield is really bad for us. We conceded again, the, conceded the first goal again for the. For sixth game in a row, if we go back to last season, um, it's just it, it screams draw to me. Although we had like three times more shots than them and four times more shots in the box, still screams to me that their quality chances were equal to ours, and a draw was probably a fair result. And the models had a bit of difference in them. Stats bomb only had us at one point seven. Whereas 538 had us at 2.6. 538 just seemed really off the scale in terms of how high they are for attacking attacking numbers. Um, and Statsbomb have tweaked their XG model, as you would have found out um, if you'd have listened to the pod. So have Opta. And Dan Kennett will come back with some info that he was talking about last week about how Opta are doing it. But what I find strange about Opta is, and we'll come on to the chance quality of each big chance is that they're the ones assigning seven big chances in this game but if you look at the shot values from their xg model they're all over the place they basically they've hardly got any above the 35 percent threshold that you talk about side in four goal users so i'm not sure whether they're using an xg model and ignoring their people who do the data collection during the game but one frustrating thing is that we conceded from the 58th minute, and this is B saying this, from the 58th minute in the Fulham game to the 37th minute tonight, 73 minutes of playing time, we conceded two shots. So we completely controlled the game for two games for 73 minutes, but the two shots that we conceded were both goals. Now, I don't know how... I don't know if that's because we're taking risks like you were talking about tactically and obviously we're taking a risk selection-wise with Phillips, but that that kind of cold, hot streak for the opposition isn't going to carry on very long. And the kind of cold streak that we had in the first 30 minutes where we have 11 shots to their zero, again, isn't going to. Nunes shanks a big chance. And, we'll, and I'm going to ask you, Sai, because you mentioned it. Salah's header's not a big chance, is it? It's a lovely pass from Trent, but it's not a big chance. It's not. And if you look at the map, it's, I think it might be five metres closer to the goal than it actually was. But on the map, it looks, it looks way closer than it was on the video. Yeah. Um, it was cut, coming over his shoulder. He, he turned into a put it. So the average across the different... Uh, if you take out uh, Understat, who gave it a 50% chance, if you, I think 50, 52, is it 40? Okay. Um, it was, I think the average was, was 0.22, uh, across the four different sites I had a look at. Um, 
and which seems about right. You guys said it was about a one in five. I think it's even yeah. less than that. Consider how many conversations we've had about headers. Headers, we are. You're right. Yeah, right. really low. Yeah, like headers the on the six there. yard box, like that Virgil has against a header on the penalty spot, or maybe even a little bit further out with the ball coming over your shoulder. And he turned it into a point point four six um, post shot, which is you turn it into above a big chance. It's a very good chance of going in. Um, yeah, it was our first on target. Up to add it at point one five. So you think that's about right, say? Yeah, yeah, I think it's much closer. Yeah, I'd agree. But Nunes did did shank his big chance, didn't he, on the eighth minute? It's point so. two five, wasn't it? Yeah, point two five. Is that back uh, back post? Yeah. Yeah, but the other models yeah. had it point fast, and I, and I, I think yeah. if you put the, if you put the screenshot in of the of of the moment of the shot is is in the six yard box again with a big chance again, <laughs> but it just doesn't get any connection with it, does it? No, I mean even the one just before half time where he hits the post, he completely shanks that as well, um, which I think's not a better chance. But they're both similar positions, aren't they? I think both back posts, yeah. and he just. Yeah, he doesn't seem to hit the ball well in the game. Um, the the through ball in the start of the second half. Nerves. Well. Nerves. I don't know. I mean, we'll come on to it, but he seemingly wasn't in a. Maybe it was nerves over over stimulated for the game. I don't know. But um, maybe uh, the Palace centre half was in his ear the whole game, and that put him off. I don't know. But it does to to miss. Certainly, the the one before half time and the first half one in nine minutes, I would have thought, yeah, I would have thought best better chance. They were good, they were good chances for someone of his quality. He's he's missed he's missed four big chances in his in his one hundred and ten minutes so far. Yeah, God one. He's got yeah. one. Yeah. So which he's had five in one hundred and twelve minutes, but but he's missed four out of five. That's not great. But it was it will correct. I'm sure as he gets confident and fits in, it's. It must be, I know I talk about humans all the time, uh, footballers, but it, it must be kind of hard to, it's playing at Anfield in, in, that, in front of a crowd on your first, making your debut at home. It's a big deal. Yeah, um, no, I agree. It is, yeah. It's it's that, right. that take the piss with the rules. So it's a new way of playing football. The, 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 the level of cheating that goes on in a different way in England which is as standardised as normal. That's something to get used to. He probably gets to bully defenders quite a lot because he's a big, huge dude. And he's playing against the guy that's five inches taller than him. Um, so that's a big thing. He, he knows he's missing a few. But on top of that, he gets so few touches in the game. So he gets so few opportunities to, to have a good touch and go, yeah, nice. Get a little bit of confidence. Because his, his touches are so intermittent. So it must take a little bit longer for guys like that to build confidence. They have to have stuff go their way. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. No, I agree with you. I've, the human side of it is often overplayed. It, it's, yeah, it's just unfortunate <laughs> in the games we've, we've drawn to, isn't it? And he's missed big chances where we could have won comfortably, you know. Uh, and that was at nil-nil, that, that image that Rosie's put in. Just need to bring that. I think he's trying to hit it first time, but just bring it down and slot it near post, and that's an easy one to get going. But yeah, you're probably right. The human element. He wants to. I think you said in the chat he's gone in with a. I want to be the big, the big player. Uh, I won't put exactly what he said, but um, and whereas, big ball. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if he'd just done the simple thing and bring it down and finish it, 
it, it's not a big balls finish. It's just a simple finish. And I think maybe that's something he needs to think about. But he'll get told that uh, in training, obviously. We, I tell um, you what, I've been banging on about this. We we don't have the capacity to have two of those lads. No, no, we don't. Uh, Diaz is One the of them has to just roll it in the corner. Yeah, which is what Josh is brilliant at, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, I think it's... It's unfortunate that we've got to play. We can't play now. Um, we'll come on to that for the United game. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, we mentioned tactically about Trent with the Salah pass. He was he was like in a in a number ten spot there, Si, when he floated that ball into Salah. Is that like? Yeah, a- you get, you get that. I think that's part of the intent with that. Is that is that he gets uh, Trent on the ball in half spaces a little bit higher pitch sometimes to make those passes but it's like swings and roundabouts if you get him in there you're in the hot zone it's yeah. i'm sure their algorithms have decided that it's it's more valuable to have him making passes there than it is higher up the pitch but if you weigh that against the eight now you get in the eight it has to get in the hot zone i'm not sure we have a lad that does that and i think that's the, the age-old question isn't it that's the thing, isn't it? The algorithm might say Trent will give you massive output from a half space there, but as you say, we haven't got an eight yet. It will go into the hot zone and bring you what Trent does, which is, as people tell me from outside Liverpool, he's the best crosser of the ball in the Premier League. Uh, I think now we can get into that hot zone. Me too. But in the in the in the ten or the wide, in the, it both. I think you know specifically in the ten. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, which which would be great when he starts playing. Well, maybe Trent goes back to being. Out wide in the hot zone. Yeah. I, I think, honestly believe that, that we are one of those transformational um, situations is when we have that triangle with a runner ahead of Trent and Mo starting from the with chalk on his boots, facing play, coming yeah. in, and he can go, he can either play that beautiful back heel or the inside ball, uh, or he can he can play off or he can play into the into the spot or, or he can beat man I, I just think that's that's trans, transformational that for us rather than him starting high up and playing with his back to goal or running his nuts off and not getting the ball passed to him I thought so it was interesting ideally that's way and I would eight, eight, eight chances created isn't that a record for him what Mo yeah uh, he's he's yeah. made eleven before, but um, but that's yeah. a lot, yeah. Point five expected assists, so not not a high quality level of chance, but he's got point nine nine xG chain, isn't he? Am I reading the right column? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, we had a point. We had quite a lot in this game. We didn't we have point three five non shot in this game? Yeah, three uh, one non shot. Yeah, and five yeah. eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, is great. We had lots of really really good build up. We had some really really good opportunities without without creating massive no I mean at Harvey you give him a shout out which is hard against a packed defence Harvey was 1.66 XG chain 1.14 XG build it's good right, I'm going yeah. to ask you something you mentioned after the game that we had two penalty shouts and I was trying to work out doing the pressing which ones you thought it was does does Anderson push Nunes in the back at the edge in the corner of the box in the first half is that is that a pen shout no no the two shouts are um uh a b- absolutely brilliant bit of play though i think there were 18 passes that ended up with um yeah. uh got trent passing into mo who slipped in darwin beautifully 
with a reverse pass, and then Darwin had a shot, and and Anderson, uh, no Ward, just saved it. Ward. Yeah, it was going in the corner. Is that, he is saved that first it. off, second off. Um, second half. Start the second half. Start the second half. Because I think, yeah. Roti, the one you're talking about is left side of the box, isn't it? Where Darwin yeah. gets pulled over. Is it? It's no. It just looks like he pushes in the back. But... Yeah, so I'm saying you've seen them. I mean, that, that's one of them. That's really hot. I hate it. I hate this phrase, but we have seen those given before. He is pushing oh, the back. Loving yeah. it, Calvert Lewin. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, I think the one where I mean, they the, the reason they gave on the TV feed I was watching was that he didn't move his arm outside. It's an unnatural position, but I think size point on it is he saved the ball with his hand. Like it doesn't matter. He saved the goal with his hand. I mean, that's how it if it's going at the goal and it hits your arm, it's penalty. Yeah. So I don't understand why they even spoke about the moving his arm or anything. It is a penalty. It's straightforward. And the and the other one obviously is Diaz getting hauled down, so no, no it was, Mo, wasn't it? Mo getting, Mo. getting picked up and, and dropped. Hmm. Was it oh was it Mo? Yeah, it was Mo on... Um... Yeah, and about about five minutes after that, they he did a, a fairly similar, but lesser thing to Diaz. But yeah, so D, uh, Mo was running through. Um, uh, I, I think uh, Trent dropped the ball out of the air towards Mo, who ran into the box and uh, faced up Anderson. Who, um, and he, he was kind of backing around Anderson. He put both hands on him. Um, dragged him, stopped him from moving, and then literally picked him up and shoved him a metre to his left. Yeah. Oh, I had the Diaz one that I've just posted in the thing with the screenshots. <laughs> Looks like a foul to me. And I thought it was ironic that Diaz then got a foul for exactly the same thing about 10 minutes later. Yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about. about. Yeah, it was before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. We, had to, we had more than two shouts. Anyway, let's come on to the Zaha goal. Because there's lots of issues with this one. I did the pressing on it. Um, I, I genuinely think Fab was was sublime in his pressing and also ridiculous at times in terms of committing. Is 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 he not leaving as exposed? I know we're going to blame Phillips, but I just think he's leaving. Phillips doesn't know what to do there. He doesn't know whether to play offside or or tech him down or track his man. It just looks completely and utterly if you, if you look at if you look at, make. if you look at the wide angle before you can and go five seconds before, right? His only there stay side on and in line with Virgil. Yeah. That's it. Carragher so says Virgil should be the deeper man. Carragher said that in the he dropped five yards beyond the halfway line. So Virgil was inside their half. He dropped five yards beyond the halfway line just be, uh, um, just before the um, Fab attempt to tackle. And then he came out towards um, Zaha because uh-huh. Zaha just ran off the back, of, ran around the front of actually of Virgil towards. It was like, yes, there's the elephant. Ran straight at the elephant. And... Um, the Yorkshire that spins outside. It's really it? hard to turn and run because yeah. he's not fast. Problem made exacerbated by the fact that he actually was stepping out at the time. He was running towards um, yeah. the, to get in line with Virgil, and then he had to turn around, and then he tried to play him offside. And he turned the wrong way as well. Yeah, like he wasn't. Like... It wasn't about. It wasn't about 
um, marking Zaha, it was about nah. getting back in line with Virgil because he know he 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 knew too deep, so he was trying to get back in line with Virgil. Looked up, saw Zaha as well. Shit. So should my, my should down. Is that breaking glass. He he literally he didn't go there to press. He went there to foul. Easy is brilliant at one on ones, and he yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Fab did all, did his absolute best to bring him down, and that he wasn't pressing. He was trying to crop him. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not counts as a press because he is applying pressure with a foul. Yeah, we have got press lead to a free kick. Right. I mean, the but, only thing yeah. I'd say from that is uh, Fab. All right, he's got in because he has gone to help his mate out. I think he is totally aware who's behind him. Phillips probably could have done better by just staying where he was. Like Sai said, the fact that he tried to get into line, shifted his weight the wrong way, so then he had turned the wrong way to go. If he just stayed and gone, right, I've played him on side, at least I'm level with him. I can go, do you know what I mean? You go with him, he might have had a better opportunity. But because he did that weird turn thing with his weight in the wrong position, he was done. It was done as soon as the ball went through. I also would say that we didn't hold the ball very well in the final third. The ball was punched in, I think it was Darwin. He didn't hold it. And then uh, Palace nicked it, and then they broke. And that's where Fab then has to go and break his leg. But I think it was there was a couple of errors in there beforehand. We should have held the ball in the final third better for me. It wasn't. We were used to fizzing the ball in up top. We didn't hold it. And it pops off and then they nick it and go and break. Um, but, you know, it, it's several things exacerbated and it's all in that channel where we know there's a massive um, weakness in our team. So I would say in that first half, we had 77 presses, 40 we won possession from. Now that is that's more than fifty percent, and that's incredibly high. Um, so I thought this is what I mean about Fab's sublime pressing, because at times he he was he was winning the ball back, or players were winning the ball back, and we were just kept kept them pinned in. And I know they yeah. weren't trying to come out, but they they couldn't get anywhere because we were applying such good pressure with such good energy and intensity, which is what we're supposed to be about. Um, but the Worrying thing is that none of it led to a shot, and we had two failed presses that led to nearly one XG for Palace. So not only is there the goal, then there's the next chance. Again, it was Fab who misses a press, and Sai, you'll talk about Phillips again, I'm sure, with this one. The second big chance. We can we can just criticise his his shape, his speed, his decision-making. He shouldn't be in our team, that's all, and I feel bad about talking. No, we shouldn't. It's not. It's just. It's it, it's it, like it's like me criticizing you for not being able to. <laughs> I'll tell you, what, spin it the other way. Palace did really well to exploit a weakness in our side. They, yeah, it's a simple way to exploit. It's just spin it that way. Positive. Avira, as I said, looked at the team sheet. Right, this is what we're going to do, and it worked. We and on twenty-seven minutes, there was an. We don't need to be a managerial genius. Yeah, all three of us would have done exactly the same thing. The no, no, I'm just trying to not dig out one of our players too much, you know. Well, get on Phillips. That's what you do. You're not gonna you're yeah. gonna pull off on Van Dyke, are you? Because you're just gonna take it off, take the ball off you, or read it properly. And and just as I said to one of my girls on Sunday, um, go and face up your opposite opposite number because I could run past them in my flip flops. <laughs> yeah, I, there was a warning sign before that goal though on 27 where the same sort of thing happened. Phillips stays with him, wins the ball, and then just puts a simple pass out of play. And then you just see Zaha going, yeah, all right, I've, I've kind of got your number. But it was, yeah, you could see it 
that was what they were trying to do. But yeah, it doesn't take a tactical genius, but they still pulled it off. But it also is is it, when he kicks the ball out, when he loses the ball, it takes another minute out of the game because they're cheating yeah. from the first fucking minute. We yeah. we excitedly got in their box. I was driving at the time. And I missed it. I've seen the highlight. Milner had a good chance early on, first yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. And then they two two minutes and thirty six seconds out out of the game after after the fifty fifth minute. A fifty fifth yeah. second. They then took two minutes and twenty six seconds out of the game whilst their goalie was fake injured. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I'm not yeah, on the goal, right? Took two minutes out of the game after the goal because someone was lying down being injured. Yeah, crammed, didn't they? Or apparently on like 20, yeah. 30 odd minutes. But the other thing about the goal is Zaha's finish is exceptional. Oh, it's yeah. P- it because be it's like BVD has literally done the same move. He's gone in and gone, go on then. I know Ali's covered 98% of the goal. There's a little pinprick where you can put the ball. If you put it there, BVD's gone fair play. And he did. He bends it round Alisson's hand. Pings it off the only part of the post that will make it go in the net, and it went in. It's an exceptional finish. I know it's a shit way in which it came about, but the finish is sublime. What yeah. What are your thoughts on on uh, VVD? Got some criticism from Cara, but from from a lot of a lot of fans jumped on it because he looked like he slowed down. Right? I, I think yeah. the start this started this thing started last season. We highlighted it in UP early on, right? Where whereby if there's a clear shot at goal from distance. We don't get in the way. So we give Ali the best view possible and the least chance of getting in the way. And a couple of times in the season, both off Matip, there was a deflection from when he went to the ball and it spun in. And I think we go, right, we we narrow them to and then allow them to shoot against Ali. Yeah, I 100% agree that that's what BVD was doing. And Karen has said that as well. Happened with the offside chance as well. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Carragher even says it, and then he goes back and has a go at uh, VVD for not closing, or was it Neville? Because he doesn't yeah, have I, a go. He doesn't have a go. No, he mate. doesn't. No, but no, I completely I agree with you. I think the only chance, the two chances where Matip actually doesn't do that is against City, isn't it? With with um, yeah, KDB's deflected shots. Yeah, uh, where Ali was, Ali would have saved both those from distance. I would, I would have thought. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, you can get that if you slide in to make a block. The ball can just nick off an ankle or a shin and and go yeah. into a place that makes it impossible for a keeper to save. And from that angle, you uh, what I, I wonder what the odds are um, of Zaha taking a hundred shots from that angle against Ali and scoring. Ali wins. Ali Ali saves that. I think Ali saves it over ninety times. Nine, nine, I was going to say nine out of ten. Uh, I'm. Where, I mean, where's the? Oh, I've got. Didn't do a palace shot profile. Apologies, but um, it seems quite wide, isn't it? It's not. It's not central. No, and Zaha's a nine percent career finisher. Shooter. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically here. He's one wonder strike, wonder shot, if you like, finish in the of only which, chance he has. Of which, ironically, our street baller also did. Yeah, yeah. But that's a different finish, though, isn't it? But yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But yeah, to answer your question. BVD did exactly what the plan was. I think maybe Matic potentially doesn't have the confidence to do that as much. I don't know. But From BVD's... an analytical point of view, boys, mm-hmm. this, seems, this seems completely counterintuitive to what you would think, wouldn't it? Leaving a keeper one-on-one with a player to, to let him shoot. But Alisson's that good. I, I, no, I agree, but doesn't... And he's also... It's not leaving it completely open. He's not... He's not... 
but he's not leaving it completely open. He's he's not allowing him to he's come not across. Leaving it any open, is it? It was. That's like what I'm he's basically saying you've got a tight, and that that so it's not like he's saying you have a shot, but I've limited everything down so you can only shoot in this area. And I think that's a difference between saying go and then have a shot from anywhere. He's controlling nearly. I would say. I mean, if we're saying Ali saves it nine out of ten, and, and then BBD has gone to control ninety percent of that opportunity, so there is only ten percent of that goal to aim at, and I think that's different from saying go and then have a shot. It's all yeah. part of our defensive high line. Okay, but it, ta- just, it takes an elite defender to do it. Can I point out at that point of the game, they'd had two touches in the final third. We'd had thirty-one touches in their box and nine shots inside yeah. their box. That they skanked us again for the yeah. sixth game in a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take, that's got to be that. That makes you puke. And and we hadn't talked about it at all. But if we if we had analytics stadium, it was remarkably quiet for a, for the for opening game of the at night. Yeah, it was. It was like what for the home three on a Saturday. But the people that were there were saying the atmosphere was really good. I, I, I'm not it sure. Was. After, it was after Nunes got sent off. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right, come on. Let's go on to that because it was a key moment. Anderson had been winding him up all game. Um, Phil, what is he doing? I don't it's, I mean, it starts in the first half. You know that, that thing we were ta- you and me were saying, was that a penalty or not? That's Anderson on, um, yeah. on Nunes. And then he has a pop in the first half. He clearly doesn't. He's he's hot and bothered. He's probably, as Sai said, he's annoyed about missing the two in the first half. He's come out second half. He then the through ball from, uh, I think it's Mo, isn't it? In the first five minutes. Uh, personally, I think Nunes should probably at least get a, a better shot off. He doesn't. Um, so at this point, I, I can only imagine he's in, extremely frustrated by not having scored by this time because in his head he's had three and I, I don't know what he's doing uh, clearly the Palace guy is in his in his head in his ear having a go at him um, but to react in that way with I mean I saw the summary on uh, Sky Sports the 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 referees literally stood there looking at him from the yeah. first first header second header and then the final one where he does send him off for so it's I don't know. He's clearly just completely oblivious to what's going on, and he's so infuriated with the defender. He's just gone ahead by him. I heard quite a few Liverpool fans. I'm not sure to say quite a few, but some Liverpool fans were saying, "Did we not know that he was hot-headed?" And I was like, "Well, it's, there's, it's no, never, there's no record of it. It's never no, been sent off before." And say, isn't this crucial? He would have had much more protection in other leagues, wasn't it? Yeah, particularly yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. You, like it, you get touched in other leagues, it's a foul. And yeah. we're, we're not only, it seems that we're, we're currently we're a little bit victim. It happens very often. Each season, rules get, they start and referees are started with a new precedent. They're going to they're gonna emphasise this one thing or another. We end up being the victim of it and they change the rule mid-season. And, and yeah. they'll end up using the videos. The this rules, isn't so. that occasion. This sending off's not that that occasion because no, he was about and... all the fouls that have been allowed. What what is that change of rule or perception? It's supposed it's, it's it's supposedly um, they they're supposed to be more emphasis on um, the force of the contact rather than contact. 
So players can't just throw themselves to the floor anymore and get a free kick. They have to be seen to be physically imposed upon, impeded. Um, And I, I, they're just in my brain. It's just allowing even more subjectivity to the dumbest motherfuckers on earth. I was going to say it sounds very subjective. The use there makes it even more. If you consider, is it it trying to equalise it between the grocks? And the skillful, but I, I, at this point, I'm not watching enough game, enough football. But but it seems to be slightly amplifying the advantage it gives to the shitty teams. But I I feel like we always um, get to play against shitty teams that are allowed to foul us. So I'm not sure how much it's been been amplified. To be fair, but shitty teams are always allowed to foul big teams. The good footballing sides. It's it's absurd, but it's it's part of the narrative of the of Premier League that you know the the shitty teams can cause an upset and they do it by fighting. Yeah. Yeah. What did you make of it, sorry? I I, I think he. I, I I've watched back the previous five minutes to see if you could. You could, because the sky kept going over and over on it, and talking about altitude and the red mist descending and blah blah blah. And I, w- I went back five minutes, then eight minutes, then twelve minutes, just watching him, nothing else, to see if there were like niggly fouls, if if um, uh, Anderson had, had stood on his foot or um, just left one in on him or pinched him or grabbed his shirt or grabbed his hair or something. Honestly, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any just. The only frustration I, I could see is that he was giving the ball away with half of the touches he had. He was having a shit game. I was and say and I, I wonder if the frustration was entirely with him. And he didn't like being... Uh, same manhandle, I don't even... It's a different it manhandle, though, isn't it? It was a bit of a push. And he leaned back into... Darwin leaned into him to kind of just shove him off with his head. And then uh, Anderson came out and shoved him in, in, the, in the shoulder again. What? And he's a big lad. And Darwin was like, it wasn't a headbutt. He was puffing his chest, chest at him. He was trying to give him a chest barge, but literally just because of the logistics involved of, of, the, of Anderson's height. If they were the same size, it would have been chest on chest. But because Anderson's so much bigger, it was chest and then head on chi- up just below his chin. Yeah. So it looked like someone of weak ass, ass head, but he absolutely, unequivocally deserves sending off for being a petulant little twat. But it will never not piss me off that Anderson went down like somebody had given him a haymaker in the jaw. Yeah, for sure. I think you might be right on his performance. He's, he's generally, was he, 55% receiving success. He's passing final third, 67% low, the lowest out of that front. Front players. He had forty nine percent ball retention. Yeah, he was just he was not having a having a great game. Pass completion of sixty seven percent overall. I mean, that's just it's uh, bearing in mind the next lowest is seventy seven, which is Diaz. He had nineteen so, touches. It's just yeah. not very much either. No, so he did. Every time he got a ball, he, he was trying to do something, wasn't he? Because he was like, I've had a bad. I've done something bad. I need to make up for it. I need to make up for it. So, yeah. It, I'm not bothered about his volume of touches if you're having as many big chances as he's having 
good quality. No, 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 I agree with you, but I'm talking from entirely from a person's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. If you're missing those big chances and you don't get another touch, just yeah, to have another minutes. his previous yeah. touch to that. Um, it, no, he had three previous touches in the previous minutes. One of them was an absurd, terrible um, first touch that bounced. It was like Heskey. It bounced 20 metres away, straight to their player who, brought, who got to break. Um, yeah. one, was a, one was a beautiful little uh, pullback from the hot zone that nobody was there for because that, that's, our system is designed to have him there. And I think that was the one preceding. And I think that is the one that, it was, it, that got him really frustrated. Because he's putting all this work in and nothing's coming off at all. He had, he had the through ball as well, didn't he, just before that as well, from Mo. Yeah, that was the third touch before that. Nothing's yeah, coming well, off, so he, he got a fail penalty. Off, yeah. He should have had a penalty yeah. that he didn't get given. And then, yeah. But uh, either way, there is nothing that happened before that could justify his petulant response. But I think he was a little bit unlucky in just, how, just the size of Anderson it looked, but when it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, can, just, can I, just, I just point out also, I'm, I, I, I hate all of the goddamn cheating pitch. I was equally apoplectic when, when Samikas threw himself to the ground, rolling down, round, uh, um, holding his face, when um, I'm not quite sure which Edward one. Edward elbowed him, yeah. Edward, yeah, he did, because he, he, it was kind of throat. If you'd have gone down holding your throat, which was perfectly justifiable, I get it. It, it looked like he'd been someone had, t- had twatted him in the eye socket. <laughs> cool. It's yeah, just not cool. I don't mind Stop shooting. I don't mind any of this. Um, let's go. <laughs> let's come on. To, I just just another point that people are making now, um, Phil, is that. Everyone's going to target Nunes now. Everyone's going to just try and wind him up. But Sai seems to be suggesting that that narrative is a little bit off because there wasn't that much of it preceding the event. So, will yeah, he learn? Of course. I think it's it's a lesson, isn't it? Um, that's a really old saying, but I think Sai's right. I, I If you look at his stats, I posted in there the forward stats and his shot map. He, he wasn't having a good game. He's missed two massive, chance, big chances before half-time, which would have put us 2-1 up. He's in, as I said, he's had three horrible chances, including missing a through ball from Mo just before that incident. He's just not having a good game. And I, and I think you'll learn from that. I think the players will get around him. Um, and he, he has to get used to the fact that there are crocs in our league using size words that are going to try and do that to you. And he's just got to show them by putting the ball in the back of the net. If he puts the ball in the back of the net, I'm not going to touch him. And it's that for me. It's that simple. If he, as soon as he gets on a run, gets playing, gets confidence, scores some goals when he when he should score, um, then I think this will all dissipate into uh, what was that one about? What was that all about from the early season? I think he just needs. He's going to miss three games now, um, but that gives him time to stay away, training, get used to our system again, uh, work on the training ground, which is we've got quality time to do that. I just think. This won't be. I don't think this will be an issue. I think it's more about once he improves his performance, it will just go away. It won't be there. I, I honestly think under pressure should have a separate dictionary for some of size phrases and words that he uses. <laughs> a little uh, what they, a glossary, and gloss. a glossary of terms. There you go. <laughs> a glossary for size. Um, Sai, what does he make of equaliser five minutes after the sending off? Because this this was a beauty, wasn't it? This, and this is called, this is called 
finishing the finishing fair, eh? Just doing mad shit. I I I called it not during this you game, did. but this is the thing I accused Diaz of being. It's absolutely glorious when it happens, and hat tip to uh, to the awful Nat Phillips who who launched a through ball that was went right over everybody. But um, the Suarez in Diaz, or what do they call him? Luchito. Luquito. They were calling him yeah. Luquito. Yeah. Uh, Klopp called it him, and whoever, Milner, which is the most absurd thing ever in the world, hearing so, uh, Anyway, uh, he, he chased down the ridiculous uh, through ball and kept it in um, and laid it back to Milner, who gave it him back, and he beat 17 fellas. Uh, chopped inside and lashed it not even quite into the corner but it, it was one of those those uh, beautiful delicious goal of the season kind of goals I think Diaz I said uh, last week I think he's going to get he'll get 10 of those in a season and uh, I want to see him score tap-ins please and he missed one of those early in the game um, it, it, as Shotmat says it's, well, it's, there's two around the six yard box a six a penalty box penalty, sorry so he, he misses uh, yeah. he scores the one from miles out so, but yeah. while while he is practicing getting into better positions and better finishing with that, if he can do this once every three or four games, sign me up. Happy, happy days. Is, it, is this the baller thing you were talking about? This is a street baller. This is a street yeah. baller move. This is what the glory boy does because he was kind of shit until uh, until Darwin got sent off. He was re- he was way too in field, um, and he kept doing lovely little tricks straight at four people. Um, and he wasn't interchanging in play very well. He wasn't retaining possession in the right spots. He wasn't causing any threat. Um, and it, like we talked about this last week as well, that he is better, like I was saying with Mo, when he's coming from the touchline, he's, yeah. he's facing play and he can run at somebody. So he needs to start wide, which causes them to move to him and then he can kill them. When, when he's drifted in field and he starts surrounded by three people and he's not facing them in the first place, occasionally he'll, he'll do some glorious little skill that looks, looks nice and will beat the first guy. But he's got two guys straight there and he doesn't do anything in possession or he has to give it back 20 yards um, and, and we, we look fried. But when he's wide, he gets isolated. And that only happened thankfully, because of Nat Phillips' terrible pass that, that drove him that far out wide. So the goal happened because Nat Phillips a shit pass. Do you think, Sai, maybe this, you know, we talked about the fullback evolution for us. Maybe that, why Robertson not doing that is forcing Diaz inside because Robbo is being wide. I think he's playing inside because that's where Manor used to play. I think it's how our system works. Okay. I just thought maybe... I think, I think it's wrong for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I I, think I'm not saying I know better than Jurgen Klopp. I'm just saying I, that in this case, he's wrong. Yeah, you, you want Diaz 1v1. That's what you want. And you want him out yeah, wide. Or 1v2. I just one, don't yeah, want yeah. him receiving the ball slowly no. 1v4. No. You want him to stand up, head up, face the player up and do his thing against the... Because against when the you're player. inside, you are much more part of the system your timing and decision-making has to be fast, deliberate, yeah. and everybody around needs to know and ex- know what to expect. Yeah, and if you're wide, you can be a street baller and, and a killer. And I yeah. don't think he's ready to be the, the sophisticated, nuanced um, part of the mesh, the brilliant like hive mentality that we forged yet. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, we're getting on to an hour and ten minutes now, guys. But I would say, Phil, what did you make of the substitutions? Because you mentioned earlier about Gomez coming on and looking Rolls Royce. I thought he was. Oh, um... I thought him, man. I thought Henderson played well as well for the time he was on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, Henderson played out played all right. Eight eight percent so pass completion. Final third wasn't great, but he was mainly sort of sitting next to Fab, wasn't he? Um, I thought it was interesting timing. Was it sixty seven, seventy eight? No, sixty. Whatever it was, it was, uh, it was just the, after the hour, wasn't it? Just after the goal. Just after the goal, I thought. I thought, you know, in Pep's book, he talks about this Plan B system. I don't know if you remember that, but he goes with a box, box, and the fullbacks go wide when we're in trouble. So you go with two centre halves, two pivots, two tens, two forwards, and your fullbacks provide the width. Yeah, I thought it was trying a version of that because he ba- we basically had two centre halves and two two in front. But the the tweak to this, what happened last night, uh, is it last night it was, was TAA, Trent goes into the 10 position and Harvey pulls out wide. Robbo keeps his wide. Diaz comes into the 10 and Mo rotates from being up front. So it was a, it was a, I thought it was a tactical change and it was to make best use of the players we had to put pressure. Um, and did it, did it, we didn't, I don't think we created, I don't know, I'll put it in the bubble. No, we didn't. We didn't, didn't really create didn't. a lot. It might we might have got loads of possession and and I think yeah, Joe worldy shots didn't we? Yeah, we worldy and I think Joe basically made sure that we could defend with two and we shut the door apart from that one uh, ball from the Robo's area straight across the box which was put over at the back post from Palace. But other than that, I thought we then shut the door really well and it allowed us to be more attacking. We just didn't. I think we might have. No, we wouldn't have been tired, but I think we just didn't do a lot with it in that final third personally. But yeah, no, I thought it was an interesting tactical change. Um, and it would be, as I said, he, I said in the chat, he, he hasn't got the option to do what we did last year, which was go um, 4-2-4 because we didn't have another forward on the bench and we'd lost the player. So it was like, right, what's he going to do as his plan B? So it was an interesting tweak for me, definitely. Yeah, so I, um, we probably should have lost it at the end as well. With like, It was the ultimate pantom- pantomime narrative, wasn't it, with Anderson... Off a flick on, should score, 94th minute. I, I, I might have run to Anfield and just punched that. Have you been flying headbutts out? Oh, my God. But like, I just watched uh, the, uh, the, the clip that Ryan put in from YouTube of Anderson and Darwin, and I've completely revised my view, and uh, Anderson was deliberately, the whole game, there were pinches, pinches. Yeah, I'd have fucking punched him in the face myself. <laughs> <laughs> See, fair play to you, because I, I thought there was a bit of it, but I, un, until um, yeah, it's a there, good were, there were two very. The, the Darwin was trying to behave like a footballer, use his body, and stand up to him, and Anderson was just being allowed to properly shove him over with two yeah. extended arms, and he repeatedly did it. And at one point, he, he, he allowed his uh, studs to go down the back of um, Darwin's uh, heel and the ball broke and Darwin slid and won it back. And then he rolled around the floor like a pussy. But we, we, try, and be object- we try and be objective, Si. So if, if you were Vieira, would you be telling Anderson to do that? Yeah. But you, you don't need to do that. You're a professional footballer. It's also probably Anderson's default 
to do that with any forward. I don't yeah. think he's particularly picked on Nunes. That is his game. His yeah. game is to wind up the forward. And you, you do what you get away with. The ref allowed him yeah. to get away with it. He's old school. As Sai said, if you look at our glossary of terms, Croc means use old school tactics against forwards. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah. thuggish. I hate it. But yeah. it, but the English English press would would never allow that. To, like they the media, the ex-pros, they love that shit. Yeah. And they love it when it's oh. coming from from the underdog because we're British. We like underdog. I don't, but I never did. But like British people seem to, and and British football people definitely seem to. And and it, and if if the underdog can beat the uh, the the quality by by physically imposing themselves on it, they love it even more. <laughs> yeah. So finally, Phil, what about the context of the season start? How are you feeling? Is it is it is this uh, over like many people are suggesting? Argue over. I think it's. I mean, uh, I think we all sat here predicting we'd get over ninety points. Um, I don't think any of us are going to change that after two games. Does it make the task tricky? Yeah, for sure, because we City have got a four point lead, and um, but we've clawed back bigger leads before. We've got to play them twice. City have got to play Conte, uh, who was a problem last season. So. Yeah, I, I'm, it's this. I, I would expect it. I put down we get nine out of nine for the first lock of games, and we haven't. We're we're now going to get uh, maximum five. So you know it's it's a disappointing from that perspective. But it's a long season. It's thirty six games to go. There's plenty of points available. The things that excite me are some of the patterns of play in that first half an hour with the intricate passing where you've got Harvey rotating with Mo, you've got Trent involved. There are some really fascinating facets, ways in which we're developing as a side. And if we can get that that working synchronously on and off the ball, then, yeah, I think we could be in a really good position. But as I put in the chat last night, we have to start keeping clean sheets. We can't keep going on. Is that eight games in a row now we've, we've conceded the first goal? Six, six, got, six, yeah. Got to stop that. Absolutely. Yeah. Got, that was a bedrock us winning the league title. Ty, we drew eight and lost two last season. Are you still going for 102 points for this season? Well, drop four. That means we've still got eight to drop to win by 102. <laughs> I'm not in this. We are so many points behind. We've dropped these points behind this person. If we're if you're only in the battle against yourself, and and if realistically we're aiming at 96, 96 points gets us into that. That's like the world class territory of. You have to be world class to beat us to win this league. Like, we've still got eighteen points. We've st- well, we've still got fourteen more points that we have to. We're available to us to. Do. I, I I think it's not ideal that the first two games are this, but you're always gonna you're gonna end up getting shitty. I saw some really positive signs in this game, um, yeah. and there is a bit of an evolution. We do have this is absurd level of injury. At this any state of the season, we literally in the worst in the worst season in history of injuries, the highest recorded number of of games missed in Premier League history, the most players missing in a week was once ten. We already we have that this week, and we had nine last week. Yeah. So let's just contextualise. We can get over this. They aren't going to all remain in. We need a couple of key, well, one key lad back, but um, 
having Jota back, I think is going to be, people are going to realise just how good he is and, and how he actually helps tick in the way that we think. I'm not, I think having a lad that sticks a ball in the corner makes a world of difference. Every Getting Lineker back is what you're saying. Get Lineker back. I, I think Mo looked really sharp. We missed oh, them. Oh, yeah. God. Imagine if that goal had gone in. The one on 60 minutes? No. 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 Eight, six. shape on that. Brought it yeah. down. A couple of beautiful touches. And then just faded it. It was like an inch and a half. Beating the goalie. Um, and that would have been like the turning point of the season. I think Darwin sending off could be the turning point in this season. Because the crowd suddenly were remembered what it's like to be Liverpool players remembered what it's like to be player and Klopp remembered what it's like to create intensity in his team. Yeah, I, think, I, agree. I agree with you. I think it's um I think you said in the chat, didn't you? I think this could be a real turning point. It's just a shame he didn't quite get it over the line with that. Was it eighty six minutes mode a shot, didn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sweet spot which should have been a lovely win. But no, I think Costas looked really rusty. I was negative, but he just thought he had a good chance to put a cross in and just didn't didn't deliver, which is unlike him. But uh, no, I, I agree with you, so I saw some really good signs in there. You just need to move it on and get them right quicker, I, I would think, personally. This this period might end up being a god. We have to use more players than we typically would at this stage of the season. So conversely, more players are getting experience of playing in this team. Yeah. For later in the season. So Simi's getting earlier minutes for Carvalho, I'm telling you, he could could be a game changer. Could be an he's a total baller. He could be a great season addition. Um, yeah, the shot and, at the end of ten or fifteen. Get oh my god! He yeah, that left so Yeah, I like the spaces he picks up. I like, I like the pockets of face he picks up. Um, and yeah. I like, love his movement. He just didn't get that many touches. Pressing was good as well when he came on. I would yeah. say we've had uh, seven big chances, five xg, scored twice. Uh, scored three times. I think. I think, and we've conceded first goal in six in a row. I think there's some aggression due. So up the Reds, as Dan would say, and uh, he'll be back next week for the Man United game. Bring on you. Bring it on. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.